world government, world religion, precursors to the mark of the beast, Israel-Palestinian peace agreements, and World War III. The big five prophecies we should all be watching for were in our news this week. And we'll analyze these headlines all while taking your calls on this open line edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. Now, this week, there has been so much news concerning the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. Doug, Vince, and myself have had a hard time really deciding what to talk about. I mean, there are just articles everywhere. On Monday, I talked about economic control in the world, a precursor to the mark of the beast. The, the central banks that run the world and the, uh, the central bank of the central banks, the Bank for International Settlement. And, you know, if I can in the near future, I'd like to do some more programming on that because you really need to understand who controls the economies of the world. Very important. On Tuesday, Doug and Vince talked about the Biden administration handing uh, you, uh, much of the U.S. sovereignty over to the World Health Organization, and that's supposed to happen next week. There are, there are people that are fighting against that. Uh, I know that for me, whether it happens or not, I'm going to serve the Lord, I'm trusting Him. The Bible says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. I don't like seeing it happen. I think that it could be turned around. However, it looks like, unless somebody really just cuts it off this weekend, that it will happen next week and um, over to the World Health Organization. We'll be talking more about that next week probably. We'll see what happens. Wednesday, uh, I talked about the chariots of fire drill was simulating a, um, a long-range attack uh, with, on Iran's nuclear aspirations and that the United States and Israel were working together on that. Yesterday, Doug and Vince talked about the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab uh, as the savior of the world. Wow, it was very prophetic. And if we have time, I know that I've already got calls on the screen, and I'll get to you in just a moment, but if we have time, uh, I'll make a few comments on that because there's a Breitbart article that you really need to hear about. Um, if I don't get time, I'll, hopefully I, I'll be able to maybe post that article on Facebook or something like that. But one of the articles I have to get to, and then I'll get to you guys on the, uh, on the, the uh, phone lines. Again, the number to reach me today, one 363 8463 I will be taking your calls. And so I've got a couple. There's a, there's a few lines open, but I know that they'll fill up quickly. So let me go through this article really quick. One thing you have to hear about. Revelation chapter 9, verse 13 through 16. 
it talks about, it prophesies a world war. It's going to be World War III. And it says this, And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels, which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour a day, a month, and a year, for to slay the third part of all of mankind. Okay? And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000,000, or 200 million, and I heard the number of them. So there are three clues to this war, three characteristics. Number one, it starts in the Euphrates River region. Number two, and listen at this one because I'm going to talk about this one, one-third of the world's population will be destroyed. It's hard to fathom, but when the Bible prophesies it, we know it's going to happen. And then the third one, 200 million man army will participate in this. So I want to focus in on the one-third of the world's population will be destroyed. This article comes from Zero Hedge. You can read all these articles that I have. Zero Hedge. Charles Nenner warns, one-third of the global population won't survive the next war cycle. Now, I don't know if this guy knows Bible prophecy or not. I've had people tell me, man, it sounds like this guy's listening to your program. But listen at this, and I'm quoting from the article. Renowned geopolitical and financial cycle expert Charles Nenner says his analysis shows the world will start a huge war cycle by 2023. The type of this war is of war will be similar to World War II, but much bigger. And Nenner explains that the cycle work that he does on war starts at the Mandarin Empire 3,000 years before Jesus came to the world. So about 4,000 years now ago. He says, how many, the question is, how many casualties will there be in the next war? They pose this to him. Nenner estimates that it's very interesting how you calculate something like that. It's the same way you would calculate a cycle in IBM. When you see IBM going down, you can get an upside price target, which we have. You can do the same thing on war cycles for the last 4,000 years. Only the big wars show up. And he says, on this next one, about one-third of the population, according to all these war cycles, is not going to survive this war, this war in the world. Some, So, they say more than 2.5 billion people are not going to die, in the, are going to die in the next world war that is just around the corner, Nenner says. Yes, the numbers say if you have a world war, it's going to take out one-third of the population. Now, folks, Doug and Vince and I have been talking, and my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, talked about this decades ago, that there's a war coming that will kill one-third of the world's population. And now this world-renowned guy who talks about different cycles and war cycles from 4,000 years ago to today has come out in the zero hedge and said, hey, in the next war that's likely to happen from 2023, he's not a biblical prophet, He's writing this off of his historical accounts and these different um, war cycles and things that he studied. That in 2023, it looks like another one's going to start. And when that war happens, in that war cycle, about one-third of the world's population is going to be destroyed. I saw that and I thought, man, this, it does sound like the guy's been listening to our program. 
I don't know if he had or not. But I'm telling you, it's one of the next things to happen on God's prophetic timeline. And so, wow, I mean, things are happening so fast right now. World religion, world government, precursor to the mark of the beast. They're talking about peace agreements uh, and, and the lack thereof between the Israelis and the Palestinians and world war that could take one-third of the world's population. Folks, I'm telling you, all of this stuff is supposed to happen just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. I'm not sensationalizing these things. These are things that are talking about in secular news sources that have nothing to do with Bible prophecy. We can see it coming to pass so fast right now. In the Bible, God gave us a timeline from the beginning to the end of the age. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching our brand new video, The Future According to Bible Prophecy. Get your DVD of The Future According to Bible Prophecy free with a gift of any amount. Go to endtime.com slash future or call 800 endtime That's endtime.com slash future or 800-363-8463. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Okay, welcome back, everybody. I've got a ton of articles to go through, but man, there's no way. I've got a full bank of callers, so let's go straight to the calls. Let's start with Sterling up in Canada. God bless Sterling. Welcome to End of the Age. Thanks. Yeah, I just wanted to um, uh, make a comment on uh, Matthew 24. I'm not exactly sure how you guys uh, um, translate or whatever uh, verses 7... Uh, through 14, but um, in light of verse 15, I think, um, yeah, I, I think I think verse 7 is the sixth trumpet war, um, and then, um, you know, it says, all these are the beginning of sorrows in verse 8, um, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall hate you or and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake, and so on and so forth. Um, 
I, I, uh, I would think that would be the first half of the great or the final seven years. Mm-hmm. Well, so the and when Jesus prophesied about, you'll see wars and rumors of wars. The six trumpet war yep. would be included in that, uh, and so because all of these wars has to happen prior to the great tribulation beginning. Uh, and there may be some wars during the, there, there actually will be wars uh, during the Great Tribulation. People will be fighting against the Antichrist. However, the Sixth Trumpet War, I can prove, happens prior to the Great Tribulation. It would take me a while to do that on the air. But if you look at where the, the, the Sixth Trumpet War is um, laid out in Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21, immediately in... Chapter 10, it describes the beginning with the angel standing with one foot on the land, one foot on the sea. It describes the beginning of the Great Tribulation. And then in chapter 11, it describes the events that happen during the Great Tribulation. So the Sixth Trumpet War has to happen prior to that. So when Jesus said you'll see of wars and rumors of wars, that does include, like, let's say this um, Russia-Ukraine situation and all the different things that have happened You'll see these prior to his second coming, but he said, don't be troubled because the end is not yet. And the end he's talking about is the end of this age or when his second coming occurs. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's just, you know, in light of verse 15, um, when ye therefore, the new King James says, therefore, when you shall see the abomination of desolation. So all of this, you know, verse 14 and, and you know, all the way back up to 7 is before um, that, that therefore, you know what I mean? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I think that those things could still be happening all the way until the time of the rapture. I think it kind of overlaps each other here. I understand what you're saying about when it says, when ye therefore shall see. However, we know, it, so the Bible says here, in verse 14, and, the go- and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end shall come. It's very important that we talk about the end there. What end is he talking about? He's talking about his second coming. And so these things kind of overlap each other here, because if you remember in Revelation chapter 14, just prior to his second coming, the Bible says an angel flies through all the earth, preaching the everlasting gospel of the kingdom of God. That's just prior to his second coming. So these things kind of overlap each other here, Sterling. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, my friend. Well, thank you very much. I hope that helped you out there. You bet. All right. God bless you, and thank you for the call. Let's go to uh, Mary up in Maryland. God bless Mary. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi. How are you? I'm doing tremendous. How are you? I'm fine. I have a quick question. Yeah. Uh, will we be giving up our sovereignty uh, to the United Nations and the World Health Organization? This is very troubling to me, and uh, I can uh, take the answer off air. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. But, but, I, but, but I'm very troubled. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. Um, okay. Okay, well, thank you, Mary, and thank you for the call, and God bless you, my friend. All right, say a prayer for me, please. Okay. I sure will. Uh, okay. and I'll, I'll have the girls mark it down that we remember you in our prayers as well in our, in our end-time devotions. Thank you. All 
All right. Uh-huh. The, so what's happening, everybody? If you haven't heard us talking about it this week, the uh, Obama, uh, Obama administration, the Biden administration is next week going to, it appears, yield up some of the sovereignty of the United Nations to the World Health Organization by allowing them to have control of our country in the time of a pandemic. And they get to decide what the pandemic is and how to issue these decrees. Um, But I want to make sure that everybody understands, I believe there is a grace. In other words, what would happen is the World Health Organization, instead of our government shutting down America and making you, you know, stay at home and shutting down businesses and different things like that, he's yielding up that sovereignty of the United States over to the World Health Organization where they would make that decision. Supposed to happen next week. Am I troubled about it? I am too, Mary, believe me. I don't like it. I I think, and obviously I know why. It's because Joe Biden, the Biden administration, is a globalist administration. They believe in a world government. They would love to yield up all the sovereignty of the United States to the World Health Organization. And so, and also, I just read today where they want to be able to have their own, you know, they've talked about the um, disinformation governance board here in the United States. Well, they want to yield up that, that power, I should say, to the World Health Organization where they would have one as well, and they would be able to make it um, pretty much illegal for you to say anything on a on a social networking platform or anything about that against the World Health Organization and what they're wanting to do. So, yeah, it is very troubling. However, I do know that... Do you remember when Donald Trump pulled us out of the World Health Organization? Well, I do know that it is possible that if this were to go through, you can can you see somebody like a... And all my hope and faith and trust is not in Donald Trump. I know that. I'm I'm just saying, can you see somebody like him or a DeSantis or somebody getting back in saying, no, we're not going to take part in this. We're we're taking our yes or our sovereignty back. Uh, It would take somebody very strong to do that. But anything is possible. So this is not the end all. If it happens next week, it is very troubling. But I I almost expect these kind of things from the Biden administration. And so, because he's a globalist, that's why he's not protecting our border down here on the southern borders and many other things. He signed us right back onto the Paris Climate Agreement, which is really redistributing the wealth of the United States to underdeveloped countries around the world into their despots, the leaders over them. So I I, I expect these things. However, it is troubling to me, but I'm not going to lose one wink of sleep over it, because I am not... My, my hope and faith and trust is not in Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, or the, or the world government, or even our government. My hope and faith and trust is in Jesus Christ. And I know that regardless of how bleak things look, I'm still going to be evangelizing, teaching, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. And the Bible says, for we know. And I'm going to quote this scripture many times from here on. My father-in-law quoted, I almost heard him quote it daily. For we know that all things work together for good, to them that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. If you're serving God, if you're born again, if you're living as a Christian, all things are working together for your good. Even when things look bleak and dark, 
somehow or another, God may have used the Trump administration to wake up people toward the corruption that had been going on for decades in Washington. And, but people kind of became, maybe went asleep a little bit because, hey, Donald Trump's taking care of everything and, you know, we can relax a little bit. And God says, no, you can't relax. So I'm going to show you you can't relax. Biden comes along and everything goes right back off the cliff again. So who knows what God is not allowing us to go through some things so America will wake up and turn back to God because there's a lot of things happening in America that simply are not godly and are diametrically opposed to the Word of God. And there are a lot of Christians that are praying, God, don't let this happen in America. So people need to be woke up. And there are people advocating for it. I just saw a a lady who was testifying before a Senate committee or something And the guy asked her, are you saying that men can get pregnant and have abortions? And this lady actually answered, yes, that's what I'm saying. It's on, go look it up. Men can have abortions. Go look that up. She actually said, yes, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm speechless. But yet this is the world that we're living in. At the end of the day, I'm serving God. God will take care of us. You've got to keep that in the back of your mind. All things work together for good. It may look bleak, but we've got to look back and say, Okay, God, what are you doing here? Um, because he may be trying. God let things come on Israel before to get them to turn back to him. Maybe that's what he's doing in our country. We'll have to see how this all plays out. Okay, wow, that was a long answer. Sorry about that. Um, Alfred in Louisiana. God bless Alfred. Welcome to End of the Age. Yes. Praise the Lord, everybody. How y'all doing? We're doing good. How are you doing, sir? Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Yes, I have a two-part question. Uh, first, I would like to just uh, say I'm grateful for the ministry. You know, it has opened up my understanding uh, real good concerning the things of Revelation, and uh, I was also glad to... Uh, you know, be in the presence of your father-in-law before he went to glory. You know, I just thank God for him. Yes. And, uh, you know, how God raised him up, you know, to be uh, what he was when he was here on earth with us. But uh, thank God for that. But anyway, uh, yeah, my question here is about the uh, the two end-time witnesses, you know, and I heard heard y'all speak on that a lot, which is good, you know. Yes. Uh, and I just want to get occasion on that because I'm not sure. Uh, now, does the Bible specifically uh, say who the names are? Of the two in-town witnesses, that's my first question. Yeah. And the second question is, I, I remember hearing, uh, you know, you teach about that uh, most people are speculating in terms of witness, witnesses could be uh, Enoch or Elijah, and that's what I was thinking, too. Actually, that it couldn't be, you know, uh, yeah. because of the scriptures. Right. Uh, so, you know, I'm believing that, you know, by God being sovereign, uh, I'm thinking, why couldn't it be uh, Enoch and Elijah? So that's my question, you know. Sure. So the, the first thing is, no, the Bible does not give the names of the two witnesses in Revelation chapter 11 that will prophesy and be a, really a thorn in the side of the Antichrist for the final three and one half years. The Bible does okay. not give the names of those individuals. Number two... There is a lot of spec- speculation that could, it could be Enoch and Elijah. We do not have a precedence in the Bible for an individual 
to be reincarnated, that's been taken from God, taken up into heaven from God to come back to the earth, and God would need to have that individual minister to people. You don't have a precedence that in the Bible anywhere. So it's purely speculation that it would be Enoch and Elijah because the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, and a lot of people have said, well, those two never died. God just took them, and so they'll be the ones that come back. When the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, it's talking about as a whole of all of mankind because we know that the Bible says at the time of the rapture that the dead in Christ will rise first, but the Christians that are alive and remain will be caught up to meet Him in the air. So not just Enoch and Elijah, but you're talking about how many hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Christians that have made it through the Great Tribulation that are still alive on the earth at the time of the rapture, they'll go too. So what we believe, because we cannot prove who it is that's going to come back, is that God will raise up two men like He always has. He raised up apostles. Mm -hmm. He raised up prophets in the Old Testament. God is preparing two men today on the earth. He will anoint them, and they will be the two witnesses. The Bible calls them two prophets in Revelation 11. He will anoint the two witnesses to their ministry will be fulfilled during that final three and one-half years. That's what we believe. And it, you know, other than that, it's purely speculation. I just know that I'm watching the end-time prophecies come to pass so quickly now. These two witnesses will come on the scene before very long. And when the abomination of desolation occurs, halfway through that final seven years, that's when their ministry begins. Who they will be, we do not claim to have the answer to that. But I do not, I do not believe God will bring somebody back from the heavenlies because He doesn't need to do that. God is powerful enough to anoint two men of God today on the earth to fulfill these roles. Yes, amen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's true. Yes, in other words, you have to thank God for that. That's powerful. Absolutely. Yes, in other words, we really won't know, you know, until that time comes, you know, if we still are on earth, you know. So, amen. Yeah, amen. So, yep. okay, well, <laughs> I appreciate that. That was, that, that was beautiful. All right, Efford. Well, thank you much for the call, my friend. God bless you. You have a great weekend. Let's go to, um, man, I'm coming right up on a break. Okay, Bob, I don't want you to cut you off. After the break, we'll go straight to Bob. Uh, in Texas, but I don't want to cut him off because we're coming up to a break here. But I do want to thank everybody that supported the conference in Kaufman, Texas last night. We had a great conference, a lot of visitors for a brand new church. We signed up a bunch of Bible studies. It was a smashing success, and I, I, I attribute that all to God. And I'm so thankful, and thank you for your support. We had a lot of people travel down there on a Thursday evening, midweek. And what a conference we had. It was a great success. So, Wow, we got a lot more conferences coming up the rest of the year. I'm going to be traveling all over the United States, looking forward to great times in the Lord, signing up all kinds of Bible studies. So sorry to run out on you guys, but right after the break, we'll get back. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
when you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99. You can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, The Unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Okay, welcome back, everybody. And I want to get straight to the phones because, wow, I've got a full bank of callers. I want to try to get all of them done. A lot of great questions here. So let's go straight to Bob right here in Texas. God bless Bob. Welcome to End of the Age. Hello, Dave. How are you today? I am tremendous. How are you doing, sir? I'm hanging in there, brother. Good. You could call it the old Biden administration. That's pretty close. (laughs) I've actually done that many times, and I've had to apologize, but that's actually what it is. I mean, uh... A lot of people think uh, Obama's really still calling the shots, and he may be. Um, and, but originally it was the, Obi- uh, the Obama-Biden administration, and it appears we're right in part two of that. Yeah, well, he lives right down the street. Yeah, yeah. From, from the White House. Yes, sir. Are you familiar with Fatima? With, I'm sorry, what was that? Fatima, the prophecies of Fatima? No, sir. In, in the Catholic Church? No, sir, I'm not. Well, there were some little girls that uh, back, I think it was like 1913, 1914, who were uh, visited by an angel. And they were given uh, three different prophecies in the Catholic Church. Uh-huh. And it was, uh, it was an amazing thing. I saw some old photographs of when it happened and things like that. They said the sun actually went dark for a few minutes during this one session that these girls had with what they were saying is, was Mary. But in any case, I was listening to a uh, Catholic priest who was talking about the prophecies of Fatima. Okay. And he was saying that the third prophecy of Fatima says that the Russians will lead the world out of the New World Order. And I remembered you saying that there would only be three countries that would, be, that would escape the New World Order, the United States, Israel, and Jordan. Yes. Is that correct? That's correct according to Scripture. So I... I as far as Russia leading them out of the New World Order, Russia is going to be heavily involved in the New World Order in the end time because the Bible says in Revelation 13 that the New World Governing, New World, uh, governing Body has the feet of the bear. So Russia is right. going to be involved, and Russia will lead the charge of the world governing armies against Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. So, I, I, man, I don't know how I could line the Fatima prophecies up with the Bible. Yeah, I, I couldn't either. That confused me when he started that, started saying that. Yeah. And the war we're seeing now in the Ukraine, this is not the, the, the great war, right? Nope, it's not. 
And it's I just wrote a huge the Euphrates. Yeah, I just wrote a huge article uh, in the March April edition of End Time Magazine. It's part one and two. Part one's the Six Trumpet War. Part two, which I'm just about done with now, is the Battle of Armageddon. And if you look at everything that's happening right now. And the, the location, the characteristics, the timing of everything, it appears that the, the Russian-Ukrainian war, it can't be. It would have to bring all of the world into the war in that situation. And it, but it, it doesn't, location-wise, it, just, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit Scripture. And I know the Bible, the prophecies always come to pass. It's got to come out of the Euphrates River region that's what the Bible says. Now, I've speculated if the Russia-Ukrainian thing could spin off into a, Jap- uh, a uh, China-Taiwan situation and, and a Iran-Israel-United States. Now, you're talking about World War III at that point, and that, you know, how could that all start from the Euphrates River War? I don't know how the Russian-Ukraine could be that uh, situation. I believe that it's going to be... You know, it, again, this is, we would be speculation, but I watch Iran like a hawk because Iran is the number one state sponsor of terrorism. They have aspirations of getting a nuclear weapon. Israel will go to war this afternoon to keep that from happening because they want to annihilate Israel and the United States. So, and there was just that huge drill that happened uh, over the last week or so with Israel and the United States where they're simulating a... Um, an attack on the nu- uh, Iran's nuclear aspirations. So I don't see how the Russia-Ukraine thing could be it. I, I really don't, according to the Bible. Right, right. Yeah. Quick thing. You were saying that uh, at Armageddon, Jesus will call up the dead in Christ first. That's correct. So when you die, do you not go to heaven? Are we not with Christ already? The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So you are in the presence of the Lord. Um, where that is, I don't know, Bob, because I've never been there. Right. However. Well, that's always kind of confused me. That yeah. scripture's confused me. No, I understand. Are, are we simply asleep? I mean, are we interacting with the Lord in heaven? Or, yeah. Because if he has to call us up, why, why would he have to call us up? Because the Bible, your body, your spiritual being will unite with the immortal body that God gives you, which comes out of the grave at the time of the rapture. Jesus, when he rose from the grave, had an immortal body. That's the same thing we will have. The Bible says the dead in Christ will rise first, and we who are alive and remain, all of us at the time of the rapture, will be changed. The ones that are alive and remain will be changed from mortal to immortal. And... We'll be caught up. We'll be given an immortal body. Those coming out of the grave, they'll be given an immortal body. And we'll go to meet the Lord in the air. The Bible says the dead in Christ will rise first. We who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet them in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, where the Lord has all the spirits of the people, like my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter. He's, he passed away a couple years ago. He will, where, where is he right now? I don't know if I can give a fully conclusive answer. I know the Bible talks about, during the time of the Great Tribulation, the souls under the altar, the fifth seal in Revelation chapter 6. And they asked the Lord, hey, when, when it will, will, uh, are you going to avenge our blood on those? And he said, you guys just wait for a short time because you have brethren that need to be persecuted just like you guys were. 
That's during the Great Tribulation. So they were conversing with the Lord. But at the time of the rapture, their bodies will have to be... They're the spirits that are there, the souls under the altar. They will be united with an immortal body and come out of the grave. Now, the Bible is kind of gray on some of that. I, I can't give you a step one, two, three, what happens. I wish I could. All I can do is give you the scriptural answers. The Bible says the dead in Christ will rise first. We who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet them in the air. And the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So, you know, I, I, I can't give you a more conclusive answer than those things. Some of it is a gray area. And the Bible's, the Bible's gray on some of those things. But when it talks about salvation, it lays that out in very intricate detail. Because if you've got your salvation set, you don't have to worry about that part. Because it's all taken care of. Just make sure you're ready to go. That's the biggest thing, Bob. Right. Well, I understand that. Yes, sir. And I, I, I listened to Irvin for many, many years. I, yeah. I watched the program on TV for many years. He was just a, a wonderful man. I'm sure he's real proud of you, David. doing a great job. Thank you, sir. I hope he is. God bless you, Dave. All right, my friend, and thank you, and you have a great weekend. You too, brother. All right, let's go to, where am I out on time? Okay, Cole in Illinois. God bless Cole. Welcome to End of the Age. Can you hear me? Yes, sir, I can. All right, uh, I just wanted to ask, I guess, your opinions on the uh, seven-year plan called the Laudato Sea that the uh, Pope put into effect. Yes, sir. Uh, I believe it was in May of 2021. Yes, um, I know it talks about there being a covenant. Uh, he will make a covenant or confirm a covenant with many. Yes. Um, what are your thoughts on that, I guess? Sure. So in May, I think it was May 25 of 2021, Pope Francis put out a the Laudato Sea, um, seven-year Laudato Sea action plan is what it was called. And it was his efforts to get everybody on board with a climate change agenda and to get that passed by uh, the, in, in, over the next seven years. Well, the, right. thi- the thing is, is that I know that some people have taught that since he did that, that we entered into the final seven years prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ in the Battle of Armageddon. That simply is not the case. Here's why. People that teach that are saying that the anti- in Daniel 9.27, the Bible says, He shall confirm a covenant with many for a final seven-year period. Many people have taught that the Pope is the one that will confirm the covenant. That simply is not true. The Bible specifically tells us who the He is in Daniel 9.27. The Bible says, The prince of the people that shall come shall destroy the city, and he shall confirm the covenant. So it's talking about the he. Who's the he here? It's talking about the Antichrist. If you go to Revelation chapter 11, from verse 20 on, it's talking about the Antichrist. In those verses, it it says that the Antichrist, the prince of the covenant, it also says in Daniel 9.27 that the he shall stop the sacrifices. If you go to Daniel chapter 11, the Bible says that the Antichrist will stop the sacrifices. It also says in Daniel 9.27, the he there will cause the abomination of desolation. You go to Daniel chapter 11, it says the Antichrist will set up the abomination that makes desolation. So, there are three specific clues that tells us that he, in Daniel 9.27, will confirm the covenant, cause the sacrifices to cease, and set up the abomination of desolation, 
All three of those are the Antichrist. Daniel chapter 11 tells us that in intricate detail. So, if once you understand that, then you will know, yes, the Pope did put out a seven-year action plan, but the Pope is not the one that will sign the final seven-year covenant. What is the covenant? Well, the covenant is... It's, he is confirming Israel's right to exist because if you look at all the biblical characteristics that go with the covenant that is signed, the covenant is the Abrahamic covenant where God promised Abraham the land, the promised land from the river in, the, the, in Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. That's how big the promised land should be today. But of course, Israel only inhabits a small part of that. The confirmation of the covenant will be the Antichrist confirming, and, and other many, the international community, confirming Israel's right to exist in the Holy Land. The biblical characteristics are that the, um, a third uh, two-state solution will be created. The Jews, this is all scriptural, the Jews will, that are living in the, the Palestinian, uh, the West Bank, Judea, they will live out there as a Jewish minority under that Palestinian jurisdiction. The Temple Mount will be placed under a sharing arrangement. Israel will build her third temple, and Israel will retain control of Jerusalem all the way throughout the end time. Those are five characteristics of the end time peace agreement that the Antichrist will confirm for a seven-year period. So, to answer your question, I do not. I, I, I totally understand the Laudato Si, the uh, climate change agenda that the Pope has. He's calling for a world government in all of this. He's advocating for a world government. But that simply is not the agreement that we're looking for that starts the final seven years to the second coming of Jesus Christ in the Battle of Armageddon. Thank you so much. That makes a lot of sense. At our, all right, Cole. And I, I know there's some confusion out there. because I know somebody uh, made a statement a while back uh, that because it was signed on May 25th of 2021 that we're already one year into the final seven years. That simply is not a scriptural, that's a misinterpretation of scripture. And I'm not trying to, you know, just bash anybody or demonize anybody for saying that. I'm just saying that's a misinterpretation of scripture. And uh, I want everybody to know the truth about this stuff. So I'm just simply telling you what the Bible says. Right, right. Yes, sir. Well, I appreciate it. All right, Cole. I appreciate your time. Thank you for the call, my friend. God bless you. You have a great weekend. Let's go to, oh man, I'm coming up on another break. Okay, you guys, I just love these breaks. Um, I got a full bank of callers. I'm going to try to get to them. I don't want to, um, when we come back from the break, I'll go straight to you, Glenn. Uh, so get ready. But, um, wow, just thank you guys again. Thank you for supporting us. The guy said something about Irvin Baxter being proud of me. Look, I just want to win souls. I want to be an evangelist in these end times. And thank you all for your support. And everything that you've done, your prayers, your financial support for end time ministries in these end times, we are reaching people all over the world. This is happening, folks. The gospel is being preached all over the world, and we're seeing people one to God literally all around the world. I've been part of the end time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Roberts. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. Endtime is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. All right, we're going to go straight to the phones. I'll try to get to all you guys before the end of the program here. Let's go to Glenn in New Jersey. God bless Glenn. Welcome to End of the Age. Um, hello, Pastor Dave. How you doing, sir? Um, fine, thank you. Good. And you? <laughs> I'm doing tremendous. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. I would like to ask, uh, you know, a question concerning, um, you know, what uh, Bill Gates said about, I don't know if you've heard about that, about uh, the needless vaccine. Um, you know, it is a, a vaccine uh, without needles. It is ne- uh, needleless, and uh, it will spread like a virus to the unvaccinated. So that is, and even if you oppose uh, the the vaccine itself with a needle, there is something that you know is without a needle, and it spreads like a virus to the unvaccinated. So that's my first question. I've got to be totally honest with you, Glenn. I have not studied up on that. Uh, you caught me unaware on a needleless vaccine. I, I can't give you a conclusive answer because I simply have not done my research on that. I'm willing to do the research, but I've got to tell you, I simply do not know because I don't want to fabricate an answer. It's not going to do you any good or yeah. me any good, um, but I will yeah. look into it. Uh, yeah, but at this point, I cannot give yeah. you an answer to that. Okay, so the, the, the other question is, you know, uh, you know, when you talk about the mRNA, you know, with the spikes protein, uh, you know, that, uh, and, you know, with a vaccine that is vaccinated into yeah. the body, you know. Yes. And, um, you know, it was said, um, you know, by a Swedish study, you know, that it does not, it would not leave the body. And, um, you know, and it would interact uh, with, um, you, know, uh, the, you know, the DNA mm-hmm. and, and, and with the human cells. Right. And, you know, because, you know, there was a time that uh, you said, you know, you had a, you knew somebody working at Pfizer, you know, yeah. and, you know, yeah. you said, you know, this is not the mark of uh, the beast and things right. like that. And, you know, that you have to give allegiance to the Antichrist and all of that. Yeah. And you would be aware of what you are doing, you know, and that yeah. this was just maybe something like a precursor. Yeah. And uh, b- because um, the thing is that, you know, someone else also called into your studio one time saying, you know, uh, yeah, the concern is not so much of it being, uh, you know, the mark of the beast, you know, but um, rather what it does uh, to, you know, the body. If if really it's not going to leave uh, the body anymore, you know, it tampers with your DNA, which is actually, you know, God's signature, yeah. uh, you know, of, of the composition of, of, of a human being. You know, and things like that. So, so that is something worrisome more to me, um, you know, than it being the mark of the beast. I mean, what it does, what that vaccine, if it does not leave the body anymore and tempers with one's human cells, you know, and things like that. So that has been of a concern to me. Uh, the, the third question, uh, if you could maybe your thoughts on that. The third question uh, would be concerning, I don't know if you've heard about that, Jeff Bezos. Uh, you know, it was said that he was going to launch the resurrection of the Tower of Babel, of Babel uh, in Washington, D.C., 
which would be which would serve the the, the global government, you know, of, of the Tower of Babel. Okay, in, who who was going Washington. to do that? Who was going to do that? Uh, Jeff Bezos. Okay. Jeff Bezos of Amazon, because I right. mean, if you were to launch a tower. Uh, um, you know the Tower of Babel by name. You know, and um, how does that have to do with with Europe, where we know that um, you know uh, you know that is where the world, you know, the global government system yeah. would emerge from. Okay. So what 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 significance would um, the Tower of Babel have? Uh, you know, in Washington, D.C., okay. you know, coming from Jeff Bezos. And then the last thing, Apostle... Okay, Dave, so I've got a uh, lot is, of callers, so we're going to have to make it quick here, Glenn. Yes, the last thing, you know, is, you know, there was one time I called in, you know, and somebody said, um, uh, uh, um, you, you, okay, like, you know, the way the churches are right now, um, some churches leaders may compromise uh, in the end times uh, with their faith and so on, leading the flock astray, you know, in the wrong direction. And um, you said, you know, that as time goes on, you would inform us, you know, where we are and what we could do, you know, during those times. Because yeah. some people say, you know, why, why are you so worried? Why are you so concerned? Um, uh, you know, uh, exercise faith, you know, and things like that. But yeah. if I think about Joseph and Mary, they left with Jesus and fled to uh, Egypt and stayed there for a while, you know, uh, you know, before they came back. Yeah. So in our case, uh, you know, because I don't know what my leader is going to do in my own church. I don't know where they will stand in the end times. I don't know if uh, they will compromise their faith. So, I mean, we would, I would like to know, you know, are there other places maybe if one would have to relocate to? And I'm not saying that um, God may tell me, no, stay where you are. But, but, I mean, I'm not going to jump off the mountain simply and, and say, well, the angels will rescue me, you know, I'm, uh, you know because the Bible said so. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, and I'm referring to Joseph and Mary, what they did, with, you know, with Jesus. So I'm also interested, because in these perilous times, you know, that we are in, like you say, um, you said you would be giving us information, you know, as, yeah. as to where we stand and what we can do. So th- that's of interest to me. Yeah, absolutely. So my question. Okay, so let me, let me dive off into this really quick. The mRNA, I am not a doctor, and I'm, I am a prophecy teacher. And so when, when we get off into things that would alter your DNA and all this other stuff, I do not get involved, nor do I make any recommendations on that. That's research that you would have to do on your own and make your own decisions because I chose not to take the vaccine because I do not want to, I am against government coercion in my life. I'm against that. I chose not to take the vaccine. I made it through the vaccine era and the COVID-19 situation. I am now able to go back to Israel because they've dropped all those regulations and it's worked out for me. I chose not to. I've got a lot of family members. I've got a lot of pastor friends, many that took the vaccine. So if it's going to alter people's DNA and things like that, you know, that's between them and God and a medical uh, personnel. I, I, I can't give recommendations on those types of things. When it comes to the mark of the beast, I absolutely can give recommendations. That's why I said there's two things you should never do. Never take a mark of identification on your person and never pledge allegiance to the Antichrist or his world governing system. According to Scripture, 
Those are the two things that would let us know you took the mark of the beast. So when it comes to everything else, a, a medical recommendation beyond that, I can't give advice on that because I'm not a medical professional and I, I, I'm not going to get that involved in your personal decisions. Okay? Yeah. I hope everybody understands that. Number two, mm-hmm. the Jeff Bezos Tower of Babel thing. I have not heard about that. I would have to research that and see what he's really trying to do. I know that the United States in the end time will not be fully engaged in the world governing body. The powers will swing to Europe, and that will be the power base of the Antichrist and the false prophet. How all that plays into this Tower of Babel, I would have to do some research. I I mean, Glenn, I live and breathe and eat and sleep global events, world government, all these different things, prophecy, the news. I'm always on my phone, on my computer, and I have not heard of Jeff Bezos wanting to build a Tower of Babel. So I don't know what news source that is. I'll check it out when we get off the air, but I haven't heard of that. So I don't know what he's going to do, and I don't even know how to speak to it at this point. Number three. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So uh, the, the no, I'm going to do number three, and then I'm going to have to move on because I got a yes. full bank of callers. Uh, number three, the preparedness. It. I've had a lot of people say, Dave, you know, how are we going to prepare for the end times? What are we going to do? So, the final seven years has not even begun yet. Once the final yes. seven years begins, the first three and one half years are not the great tribulation. That does not begin until the Antichrist comes on the scene. You can't do out the mark of the beast until the beast shows up. You can't. It's not going to be a fully engaged world governing body until the Antichrist usurps authority over that. Yes, we are seeing precursors to a lot of this. But for somebody to ask me, Dave, how are Christians going to function in society three, four, five years from now? That is impossible for anybody on the planet to be able to give you sound advice how we're going to function in an economy three or four or five years from now. I don't know, and I don't believe anybody else knows, that can say, hey, here's what Christians should do in the end time. I've heard people say, you know, buy a plot of land, start raising chickens and all this other stuff. The thing (laughs) is, until we get closer to that time, I cannot give a complete preparedness plan for that. Once we get into the closer to that, then I'll tell you, hey, here's what I'm doing. Here's what my friends are doing. I've got people in spheres of influence that will be able to help us. But until we get closer to that time, I don't want to just start throwing stuff out there for people to do. You'll have to make your own. I have people want me to give them financial advice. I can't do that because (laughs) it's you're talking about three or four or five years from now. There's no way I'm going to give somebody advice five years in advance. However, listen to what happened. You said that Mary and Joseph took Jesus and went to Egypt. Why did they do that, Glenn? Because the angel showed up to them and said, here's what you need to do. Somebody's trying to take the child's life. You need to escape into Egypt. So what were Mary and Joseph? Mary and Joseph were spirit-led individuals. That's that's what I'm doing, Glenn. If I can be a spirit-led individual and have a relationship with the Lord where He will speak to me, then I can give good sound advice. And that's what I'm doing. I am, having, I'm, I am having the best relationship I can with the Lord. I'm praying daily. I'm seeking His face. He's talking Amen. to us here at End Time Ministries. And I will be able to give spirit-led advice when it's given to me. Until then, Glenn, I'm trying to sort all this out just like everybody else is. Thank, yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, Glenn. Thank, Thank you. you much, and God bless you, my friend. Yeah. Uh, let's go to David in Texas. God bless David. Welcome to End of the Age. 
Hey, Dave, how are you doing? I'm doing tremendous. How are you doing, sir? Really good. You know, I want to start out by saying I, I'm uh, really with you on all this, uh, your demeanor, your attitude, your devotion, the way that you do uh, and process everything, I think is fantastic. Thank you. And I, but I'm calling because I, I uh, and I say that because I'm kind of having a, a little bit of a disagreement or, or at least a possibility of a disagreement. Yeah. When you say the Sixth Trumpet War has to happen, or you think it has to happen before the Great Tribulation. Yes, sir. I wondered if you had taken into account it's, it's uh, you know, it's killing a third of mankind, and it's the second of the three woes. Yes. So when you talk about time of unequal distress from the beginning of the world until then, yeah, that would certainly qualify at the time that it happens. For something to come after that that the Bible doesn't describe, that's way worse. Yeah. It's kind of hard to imagine. Okay, so here's the difference, Dave, is that... The Bible talks about a, a six-trumpet war, Revelation chapter 9, 13 through 21. That's going to, be, that's going to kill one-third of the world's population. The great tribulation that Jesus prophesied about would be the worst time of persecution, the tribulation there, the worst time of persecution the world's ever known from the beginning of time till then, no nor ever shall be again. There's a big difference in persecution of people persecuting Christians and Jews and a third trumpet war that will emanate out of the Euphrates River region. There's a big difference in those two things. I'm sorry? We have a basic disagreement then, because it doesn't really say it's a time of unequal persecution. It says distress. Jesus said there will be a time of great tribulation. Define the great tribulation for me, David. Yeah, well, how about a third of the people on the planet being killed in a war? Well, right, but that... It's one of the three woes. I mean, there isn't anything in Revelation described that's worse than that. I'm just saying... Where are the descriptions of the wars and the things that are worse than that that yeah. happened during the Great Tribulation, if that's not one? I mean, sure. it's the sixth trumpet. There's only one trumpet after it. No, I, I totally agree with you, David. I understand your perspective. The fact of the matter is, is that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24 that when you see the abomination of desolation, let them which be in Judea flee, for then would be Great Tribulation. Why did he tell the Jews in Judea to flee? if the Sixth Trumpet War was going to come and one-third of the world's population would be destroyed. It's talking about persecution, not a war. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com.